We are live. It is 2.02 p.m. Central Standard Time in the United States, 8.02 p.m. BST in the U.K. It's a Nomad Tech Project with Sam and Joe. Hey. Coming to you live on the 23rd of July, 2023. And if you're listening to the stream and watching and jumping in, which you're going to be a little early today because we're off an hour early, we uh, we have a very special guest. We have Steve, Steve Litchfield, who decided to spend some time with us today, and it's been a uh, I can't tell you how much uh, I've been looking forward to this week. I've been a fan of your content for years with the um, the old Windows Central stuff. and I'm sorry, Windows Podcast stuff and all your stuff and TSC, PSCGs. I'm all off. I'm, I'm messed up, so I need to step back a little bit. I'm just excited, so I apologize. <laughs> um, Steve, how are you, sir? Thank you for taking time to spend with us. I know it's, uh, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. Yeah, you're very welcome. So, yeah, 8 p.m. in the U.K., and this time so that i won't run out of steam before the end of the show hopefully well yeah well we'll, we'll try to keep we'll try to keep it light on it we don't want this to be anything other than a lightweight chat so uh, we appreciate and like i said uh we have no time uh or no problem adjusting our time slot to, to accommodate oh i prefer it myself <laughs> yeah I, I i get it yeah like i said for joe especially because i know it starts to get by the time we have a longer show we're kind of pushing into the, the wee hours of, uh, of a normal human being and plus it's a sunday and we realize that's a family day usually folks from yeah. so uh so how are you and how's the temperature in the uk i know i've been hearing stuff in the in the european area where very high temperatures like almost like unseasonably warm in the uk and stuff is it pretty warm there this week or well we're protected by the jet stream apparently there's a jet stream of air flying across just below the uk and across northern france which means that below northern france everything's baking hot and 35 40 degrees centigrade in the uk it's a very pleasant 20 and we're wondering what all the fuss is about so it's right yeah yeah nice yeah, and so yeah, I, like I said, I it, it didn't really, I didn't pay much attention because you know it's the middle of summer, and where I live in in the Midwest, it's it's generally very humid and very hot in the summer, so we're kind of used to it. So, uh, and also we we have air conditioning in most of our homes. I, I didn't know that in the UK and a lot of Europe, that's kind of a, not a thing. So, uh, which we it is in the car, yeah, just not in, in our homes, <laughs> right? Which is interesting. So. Uh, Anyway, uh, so where exactly do you do you live in the UK? I know jo where Joe's at because I, I mean, I've I've loved this interaction I've had with Joe because I've learned a lot of things about the UK about regional differences and descriptions and accents and <laughs> so where exactly are you in the UK and and have you lived there your whole life like you moved around like where are you at now as opposed to where you were when you were a child or something like that. Yeah, I live in Reading, which is in right in the, well, I would say the centre of the UK. In fact, Birmingham is probably the centre, but um, okay. I'm a bit south of that. I'm about uh, 50, 60 miles southwest of Joe. Um, easy access to London, easy access to everything, really, but right in the middle. So nowhere near the sea, which is unfortunate because I love the sea and I love water. I was brought up in the, the west of England, southwest of England, a place okay. near Taunton um, in Somerset, uh, which no one will have heard of, but there we are. So I'm a West Country boy. <laughs> When I, but I've been in, in near Reading and Berkshire and sort of in the middle of the south of England for the last 35, 40 years. So I'm, I'm, there's, there's no real accent to speak of. I should speak the sound and sound the same as Joe, hopefully. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. You articulate yourself a bit better, though. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's interesting. Like, and again, I, and I, and I always heard the differences, but then as I, we've had other guests on and they live in other areas, especially they start getting in the Northern areas, how, um, you know, and then watching, unfortunately, I, I have to kind of make myself that typical American. I, I did watch Ted Lasso and I did get a lot of kick out of it and um, <laughs> kind of listening to all the other accents, like uh, the Jamie Tart character, how he would say, pay, pay, right. And just the kind of different, those little kind of nuances that, 
you know, it's and, and I try not to be that, that typical kind of dopey guy that I know in the United States, it's regional differences. But if you don't hear the accents very often, you don't really pick up on them until you really start to really pay attention and have exposure to people that you can kind of go, oh, that's interesting how they say that a little different. And then words, the meaning of words, like a barn, right? And how they, <laughs> if you go to the next county and you, you don't, they, you describe and they're like, what you want about? Like, what are you talking about? It's like, how, how it's such a small area Then how could they be a totally different word? Like you didn't have any reason to know what that other word referred to. It's like, you might as well use something from and that an American would say something like, what are you, what are you trying to get on about? It's interesting how there's that. Um, inter- it's just interesting to me. I find it fascinating. Yeah. So my accent is. Do, entirely uh, so when, yeah. Yeah. And so when you listen to Americans, do you, are you able to pick up on and that as much as when you've had your, I know you've had a lot of guests on your show and, uh, a lot of people from all over the world. Do you, are you able to pick up on, without them telling you where they are originally, are you able to kind of discern a little bit or is that something that's kind of a little difficult? Yeah, I can distinguish between about three or four different American dialects, as it were. New, New York, Texas, maybe um, the southern, southeast sort of Florida, that area, and then sort of West Coast is more generic, which is kind of, I'm guessing, where you are. But um, yeah, that, I, that's as fine as it gets for me. <laughs> Yeah, same. Needs to be quite yeah, strong. No, I'm, I'm actually notice. almost smack dab in the middle of the country. Yeah, I'm actually in uh, in St. Louis, so that is probably not okay. a city that maybe a lot of people from. Um, actually, you just had uh, our baseball teams at uh, London Stadium a couple of weeks ago playing baseball. Uh, the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals came in town, so that's. Uh, uh, we didn't talk about that with uh, Ted because apparently he's not a big fan of sport, so we kind of just he's no, like, I'm yeah. just not. <laughs> I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. So if you don't talk sport, it's okay, which is interesting. Um, are, are you a big fan of sport? Like, just is it just football or maybe cricket or other kinds of things? Uh, what's your your background in like the sports and interest or love? I take an interest in any sports uh, played at the highest level. So I watch the World Cup and football and some of the internationals. I I follow the England Australia cricket, for example, and I've been following okay. the Formula One motor racing. But I, I'm not a died in the world. I've got to have sports in my life 24 hours a day. But I pay right. attention and I try and know the names and the teams and take an interest in what other people are talking about. But not American so, sports. <laughs> right. You participate in live events. Do you like to go to like cricket matches or your, the football matches or the live participation? Uh, is that something you do very often or not particularly? I or? used to quite a bit. Yeah, I used to watch cricket and various other sports when I was young. But then I got married and had a family and et cetera, et cetera. And these things just fall off the, the end in terms of priority. It's it's fine. And these days, there's so many cameras at so many events. You can just watch anything you want from any angle. So it's not quite as essential to get there. But yeah, I used to go to live events. Oh, okay. Good deal. So I guess now we can just talk about, uh, so your background, um, and how did you get started? I know it's, you've had a, a long career and you've been, like I said, I've picked you up years ago when I was just getting into the mobile space and got my first windows phone and was doing some searches and stumble upon you and race podcast. And was like, this, this is just fantastic. Just great. You know, we were following and watching at the same time, enjoying the content, kind of watching the decline of Windows Phone and kind of knowing that the door was is, was closing and you can kind of feel, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, uh, staying on to the last moment, you know, watching the ship go down, you know, taking your beloved Lumia with it. Um, so what what is your background? And then, uh, like, how did you get started? And was it more um, journalism? Or was it more just doing, I mean, how, how did you get into this whole tech space and talking about tech and mobile and stuff like that? It all started probably when I left university, I was studying physics and I got into computers because computers are used a lot in physics um, back in the day. This was in the 1990 or so. 
And I had to go off away. Uh, I then got married and got, we, we went away on holiday. And part of the holiday, I wanted to just do a bit of programming and tinkering with technology. And Scion, a PSION, I'm sure you've heard of them, yeah. they did palm top computers um, and with key, QWERTY keyboards. So I, and they've got a built in programming language. So I went away and wrote a, a few games while I was away. Came back and Scion got in touch and said, we, we, we quite like this game. You've issued a shareware. Can we include a full version of it on our official commercial games pack? And that started about five or six or seven years working with Scion and distributing shareware, writing software for Scion, supporting people, writing articles for a magazine, a paper magazine, shock horror, paper, yeah. um, Palm Top <laughs> magazine in the UK, it was called. And it ran from about 1993 to about uh, 2001 or so. Um, and then from there, the, the sort of the internet age happened, and I websites, and uh, eventually my phone show videos. That was, they started in two thousand and six. I started doing them before YouTube even existed, really. Um, wow. So I, I was just I put up my videos as QuickTime MOV files that people could oh, download yeah. onto their computer and play in a tiny thumbnail <laughs> sized player on the, in, on their PCs. So it was primitive days, and when YouTube came along, it was a big boon. And the phone show sort of ran from 2006 until the, the current day, which is what, 17 years. But I started to say 1993 was the start of Scion. And then about 2003 was when sort of Symbian came along and the big Nokia smartphones and that era. And then 10 years on from that, of course, to 2013 is when you had things like the Lumia 1020. Oh, and the classic yeah. Windows phone. So and my career has really gone in decades. And now 10 years beyond that, we got to 2023. And I can look back on most of it. So I'm still tinkering away, but my yeah, my career kind of gets divided into those eras. Makes sense. Absolutely, yeah, that's fascinating. You know, like yeah, when Joe was talking, or we had Ted on, he was, you know, I hadn't even thought that. Yeah, that it's been like all those years. I, you know, I knew it wasn't a a recent project, but when he said it was like since 2006, I'm like, God, that's a long, it's a long time. And it's uh, all the shows. I mean, we're, I think we're, I think, are you near, nearing 800? I thought we were in the mid sevens as far as the phone show chat. I know yeah, the, phone, the audio podcast is uh, 759 as I record this. So, so we're aiming to get to a thousand, which will be approximately 15 to 20 years, something in that region. I think that's long enough for a single podcast. And I think at a thousand, I just, we just hang up our hats and ride off into the sunset. But yeah, 759, the phone show chat, the audio podcast that you presumably know fairly well, started about 2008. Ted's, Ted, I'm sure he told you a version of the story, but he suggested yeah. I should do a podcast, an audio podcast to accompany my videos. And I said, I don't think there's enough to talk about, Ted. I, I know we, we'll, we'll have a trial one, and I wasn't terribly keen. How on earth are we going to talk for an hour ever in, in a single show? Right. And here we are, 759 shows later, each of them over an hour, and somehow we've still got masses to talk about. So I guess the technology world just keeps moving on and staying interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I can tell you that uh, we, when we have our discussions and we don't always talk about tech and sometimes we do, it just depends on the show and the guests we have on. And, and then sometimes it's just Joe and I. Uh, I, I, I am amazed at just looking at the, I can see the live counter and looking up and it's like 34 minutes and then 48 minutes. I'm like, it feels like I haven't really, I mean, it just, I can't, the time just gets away from me so much. It's insane how just having, even having an in-depth conversation uh, back and forth about a specific device or technology or, or even something that, especially if it's, if it's a controversial take, not a, not a negative controversy, but people have differing opinions on, on the approaches, how quickly 20 minutes can just evaporate. And you're like, wow. Although you're not allowed to have a different opinion on Twitter. <laughs> Well, you know, and it's, it's, I guess it's just social media in general, but like I said, yeah. it's, um, 
you know, I mean, it's we're, at the end of the day, I thought we're all here to enjoy tech and talk about it and be enthusiasts. And you, you have to understand with all the different tech, there are different approaches, different workloads, different workflows, different exposures. I mean, Steve's coming at it from a programming perspective and having decades of experience where he's and then you got younger people who are they've only known the smartphone. Right. They don't have any other. They, they don't remember a time when there was Symbian and Palm yeah. OS and Linux, you know, Unix based systems. Right. They don't. They just think, oh, yeah, everything's Fortnite and, you know, Snapchat <laughs> and S23, right? They, they live in that world, or the iPhone, as apparently is. And yet, so. um, and yet uh, because of you, yourself and myself were of a similar age, I think, we, we remember life before the internet. We remember right. roughly how computers work, how to connect them up, which means, although things mostly work in 2023, I still, to this day, I'm sorting out basic connection problems. Technical mm. problems in my family and extended family when youngsters who just assume that everything's always going to work and they, they've no right. idea what to do when it breaks. And so, but knowing a time that the internet didn't exist and you had to do everything manually means we've got a good way of uh, breaking down logically where, where things, something's gone wrong and to fix it. And I find that good, keeps me in good stead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially with just in, in another allegory to that would be, you know, cars now, you know, back so you, when I was younger, you had people who could rebuild the transmission, right? Yeah. Most people knew how to drive a standard transmission vehicle, right? Very few cars had automatics. And there were people that literally would rebuild them. Like now, in the United States, you can't find a place that rebuilds a transmission. If it goes, you just have to, it's, it's turning into any other consumer good, right? It's, yeah. You just replace it, right? If you have a faulty transmission, you just get a new one. If you, you know, if you have a new stove or a new uh, microwave, you know, who who has a TV repair shop? When I was a kid, Steve was a kid growing up. There were you lugged yeah. your big old TV in if you can carry it. And if you had a console TV, which we did, it was bad. It weighed five hundred and eighty pounds, right? And it was big, this wood monstrosity. And a gentleman would come to your house with a toolbox, and he would open up the back panel with screws. It had that kind of I don't know what it was. It was kind of like balsa wood, but it was kind of flimsy and it would take off yeah. the back and you had vacuum tubes and he would replace stuff and wiring. And it was mm -hmm. like, or with my dad, we just kick the side of the, the console TV with his <laughs> foot and, you know, make it work rabbit ears. Right. It's just, yeah. Like in a perfect point, Steve, how it's like, it's, it's the troubleshooting and the, okay, what's the problem and then working back through analytical steps. Okay. Is it powered on? Do you have a connection? Is that connected? You know, that those logical steps of troubleshooting that, people just don't seem to have to do now because it's it's a different world they exist in. So my, my um, favorite sort of thing is that somebody, a youngster comes to me and says, you know, TikTok's not working or some modern service. <laughs> and the very first thing I do is go to the web browser and they say, well, why are you doing that? I say, I want to establish I've got a basic connection before I troubleshoot your application that sits on top of the connection and just basic right. things like that and breaking it down to where am I first going to see the bandwidth um, stop? And for me, that's just to go to a very simple web page in, in the web browser. And if that works and the connection's solid, and then you you work on from there. It's good fun. I've got a whole network. Right, absolutely. Or you could really blow their mind and open up a you know a command prompt and go to the, you know, the command line and actually do a telnet. Yeah, so uh, let's see if I can hit this. Like, you know, what are you doing? It's like, oh, I can telnet the IP through a port and see if the connection's there. And they're like, what? It's like, never, never mind. It's okay. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I've so, got a whole network actually of, of, um, of elderly people. I mean, I, I support started supporting a few family members and they recommended yeah. to, to their friends and they recommended to their friends. And it's usually 60, 70, 80 year olds. I shouldn't say 60 year olds. I'm 60, uh, 70 and 80 year olds right. who have problems with their computers. And I go around and I hold their hand and I sort out the virus or fix their web browser and update their their computer or that sort of thing, which I quite enjoy. And that's quite relaxing. It brings in a bit of beer money. So that's I do that on the side. 
Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I, I get that too. But I'm unfortunately, I get the situation. I don't know, maybe as, as a, as a person who's the resident troubleshooter in the family, um, where, uh, your, your, my spouse will be working on something and she'll like, Hey, come in here. Cause we, you know, we work from home and she'll be in the office of the bedroom next to me. I'll come in there and I go, okay, well, what do you got? And she, I said, okay, well show me what, what's failing. Show me what's the problem. And she goes, well, it's working now. I swear to God, it wasn't working for 20 minutes. I go, I, I just walked in and now it's working. It's hilarious how I can just, she goes, you just walk in the room. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just karma. So, so getting <laughs> so, on to, just yeah, quickly, the levels I deal with at work though, I, I have people oh. come in and go, I've got no network. You check their phone. Uh, you've got airplane mode on, sir. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, the little that's plane. the level people are at. Yeah. Did you turn it off? Did you turn it on again? Okay. Yeah. See this yeah. little airplane symbol? That's airplane mode. I got, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I got virtually fired from an aerospace company once when uh, they had a, a new manager came in and he was a real, um, fairly nasty and terse with me anyway. And one day he, he called me and I was the kind of IT support guy in the, in the office. And he said, Steve, my computer's not working. You know, fix it. It's your problem. Your IT. I looked at it. I looked on the floor. I said, in front of the entire whole office, well, you could try plugging it in. And I went over, pushed the, pushed the power plug into the wall and it started working and it gave me such a dirty look and he never talked to me again and i was unceremoniously semi-retired or stroke fired about a year later but oh, it was worth yeah. it that one moment of glory oh yeah definitely because yeah. <laughs> especially when you have that moment where you realize what it is and you just want it you don't want to respond for the first couple of seconds just because you want to like i just want to be happy in this moment i just want to enjoy this because i'm going to launch everyone in that room knew everyone in that room knew. Yeah, everyone in that. but it's going to have it's going to be in front of an audience right yeah. i'm going to basically i know it's going to be deadly in my career but for that first that 10 seconds you're like just if you'd so been good. a nicer person i would have done it more gently and more privately because <laughs> he was such a, a rat bag i thought you know i'm just going to make this public and let everyone Absolutely. know he's just hey you know what Hey, well you deserved. That energy. Yep. You know what? I'm okay with that. That's actually <laughs> so anyway. kind of switching gears to. Uh, so currently, I know you test a lot of phones and do tons of reviews and that kind of thing. So, and, and are you finding that um, the pace had because you know it seems like with the way phones come out now, they kind of seem to be like a cycle where you have the, the releases and how they come out. How do you manage that? Have you kind of gotten a good feel for like? how to make your work happen, like what phones to do, how, how to do your workload. Cause I know it can be kind of tricky doing re reviews and trying to make sure you have good content and reviews that are, that are from actual experience, not just something you did for you know 72 hours, just to throw it up on a website. How do you manage that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's changed a lot over the years. When I, I started to so say, I, I, when I thought I was literally the only person in the entire world doing videos on phones, reviewing it, I was in the, in the world. Um, and of course, the, there's so much competition over the last 20 years. And now you, the Pixel, a new Pixel comes out, a new iPhone, a new Samsung, and you've got 50 video reviews on day one for all people who've been given the, the, the pre-release units. Um, and so everything in between. So now I have to um, pick my the, the ones I really want to review, the ones I'm most interested in, the ones that actually fire me up. So this is the one, this is a device I want to physically use. And because of that, I want to get the most out of it and find every you know, look and cranny. It's like the Xperia, for example. I know you've got there, Joe, as well, the Xperia 1 Mark, Mark 5. A cracking phone. And I just want to use this and I want to use it for everything and the imaging, the media. I love it to bits. And because of that, the enthusiasm does show out it hopefully in the content in terms of all the other phones there are so many chinese phones now coming out maybe not in the usa but in europe we're, we're getting like a phone launch right. every day literally <laughs> every day in the news right there is a new android phone 
it makes me kind of glad that I am at the moment, the last three or four years, I've been using a, an iPhone as my main phone, but at least this gives me an opportunity not to keep te being tempted to dip into my wallet because I, it's only, <laughs> once, only once a year that I have the, to, to make that decision. Do I buy the new iPhone or don't I? And if I, if I don't... It's so, a very Google-fied iPhone now, I must say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and my but there we are yeah yes, <laughs> over the years then all the different phones um it, when it started which is the, the new nokias for example the new and uh, nokia n series and then we got things like the 808 which have also got here Nokia yeah, 808, um and, and they were coming out infrequently enough sort of every two or three months that you could spend quite seriously a, a couple of months with a phone and get every last detail out of it before the next one came along um look at leave me a 1020 one year later for example which is the, right. the absolute classic windows phone i'm showing on camera um so then you could really plan your content you a, a phone would come out and you'd write down these are the 10 review areas and you'd literally write two thousand words on each area of the phone in gory right. detail because you had the time to do it before the next one came along and then right. over the years it's got the, the pace of android phones in particular, has just got so insane that you, you cannot keep up with everything. You've just got to pick your battles. Uh, and in a year and a half ago, when my, my dad sadly died at the end of 2021, and I always said sorting out his estate would take uh, months of my life, and it did. And so, and if you take months out of the tech world, you get fall, fall so far. Oh, yeah. So the, the, the only way I can make this work is to, quote, retire. In practice, I haven't fully retired. I still write the odd article. I still do videos. I do I'm trying out YouTube shorts at the moment. Maybe you yeah. can. They're fantastic, by the yeah, way. Yeah, big fan of the shorts. I, I do them. like them because it's, it's just a nice little, it's very, I, I'm a big fan of the shorts, I think, and especially for what you're doing and mm -hmm. how you approach it. I, I've been a big fan. I, I think it's fantastic. I miss your longer form videos, but your shorts are very, very good. You fit yeah. a lot in them. <laughs> It's like the early days of YouTube. I felt I was a pioneer, um, which I was. Uh, and now with the YouTube shorts, which are still very new. And in terms of people in the tech world embracing them, what people normally do, I've observed, is they, they do a long form video and then they either do a companion short summarizing it or mm -hmm. they splice you know, a particular section of their, their longer right. video in shorts form. Whereas I'm purposefully thinking, well, I want to cover, say, you know, Xperia is a good example, came out, I've got it about two weeks ago, right. and I've already done about five or six different videos on different aspects of it, with each video, each short, 58 seconds worth, specific, 58 <laughs> seconds covering a specific aspect, and if you mm -hmm. follow me on YouTube, they'll just get that thrown into their normal shorts feed, mm -hmm. or you yeah. can watch them one at a time if you swipe within my channel, but it's, just, it's I'm experimenting, and YouTube are always changing the codex, and you know, the, the compression, and they're tweaking the interface themselves. So things are changing, and I feel like I'm in at the start of something new, which is exciting, even if it's not ideal. So, for Joe, you want the seven, 10 minute videos, and I enjoy <laughs> doing them, but A, they take forever, and B, I can't get up the production values of MKBHD and Mr. Mobile and all the rest. Right. Um, and, and C, just the, just the sheer time, really. Um, I, I, and, and the fun factor, as I say, I feel like I'm experimenting and innovating again. And it's fun to try it. If it doesn't work and if I get fed up with shorts, I may well go back to a different form. But uh, it's fine, Steve. I just watch seven shorts in a row. <laughs> I get the long form then. <laughs> well, and what I like about it is because you said, you know, remember when you're writing your regular views, you would have 2,000 words for each kind of section yeah, of this, yeah. which is not nice. Is I know it's maybe 2,000 words is going to be hard to get in in maybe a minute, but you can kind of sectionalize that. It kind of gives you kind of like, okay, short this short is going to be about the camera this is going to be after the yeah. ui this is going to be you know you can kind of break that down yeah. and, and kind of like still that. get that same energy and that same kind of workflow like you used to have to do and she's kind of and i like them too because um 
Although I have to say that depending on who it is, I, I uh, you know, I will watch uh, Flossy Car. He have an hour long because yeah, it yeah. Just, it, 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 I can watch that and I have no problem going through 60 minutes of it. And because it's more of the entertainment talks about the phone and the, and the way it is. And uh, but yeah, I, to your point, I, you know, that wasn't a thing. But now, like I said, I mean, you'll always I don't even have to know when a phone event happens now because immediately my phone will just explode with Twitter messages and YouTube this and Mr. Who's the boss. And it's like, Oh, it's, it's almost, I mean, I'm glad that it exists because as a tech enthusiast, I like it, but it can be overwhelming. Sometimes it's almost to the point of being like, geez. Okay. So it's, you don't even have to pay attention to it. It just kind of gets delivered to you on a platter and it's really overwhelming at times. Yeah. Which is why partly why it, it was a sigh of relief actually moving to iPhone as my main SIM, because uh, that way, it's a once a year thing, as I say, and there's less changing throughout the year. And the Android thing is then a fun thing for me. I don't have to. I'm, it's, nobody's paying me to stay on the cutting edge. And I don't have to live and die by the latest changes to Android and the, the firmwares and the ROMs and the updates. I could just treat them as and when I feel like working, as and when I feel like playing with it. I can do it without having to think this This is my 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 blood money. This is my life and blood. I've got to I've got to manage everything back in the day. 2009 2010 i had you know um, feed readers google reader back in the day and, mm -hmm. and, and all the various feeds and the moment anything happened or i discovered something i would write about it and be the person to break a story and it was um i was being paid by websites at the time to, to break these this news and to write about things that were happening now i'm not being paid to write for a website anymore i don't feel like i have to produce x number of words the moment anything happens the the the, right. the the time critical nature of it has kind of gone away and I can relax and think, okay, well, other people have broken the news or this new device is out. I can stop and think about what I think about it, find right. an interesting angle and then do a video or an article about it without having to think, oh my goodness, I've got to publish in the next five minutes. When Back in the day when I was covering keynotes, for example, or a device right. launch, um, they, they'll be happening in one on one monitor and then on the other laptop, I'd be writing my article and I think uh, Rafe wants me to publish this as soon as possible. So I hit publish and then as after the article published, the event's still going on and I'm going back editing the article and the article is growing in real time. So if right. people being fresh or come to it, they're getting the very latest information. And in, in, in some cases, that can be very, very stressful. You know, two or three hours right. of just absolute nonstop concentration, typing and trying to do two things at once. But thankfully, my life is a bit more relaxed now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and like I said, I mean, you'll see that in regular articles. They'll have like at the top of the of the article, say update, timestamp. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I can imagine, um, you know, as, as you're done going through all that, it's it's a lot to manage, especially um, and really if you're multitasking and I, and I still make this argument to my boss at work all the time because I'm in that kind of you know software development production support kind of thing and trying to like bounce you know I'm, I'm trying to work on something and it's like hey did you know the server went down yeah okay hold on a minute but i gotta i gotta finish this okay well wait a second it's still it's gonna be down it's not gonna come back up just give it a second let me get through this like two minutes because i don't think it can be really effective with going on with three and four different channels of thought at the same time you're gonna basically yeah. miss something and in our world uh if you miss something and you're not paying attention you don't see a nodes down or something and then it's like it, you're you're making it worse and you got people going hey let's go let's get this online right and you're like yeah but i gotta pay attention to it to do that diagnostic the stuff that we have to check to see so um yeah, I, I don't think men are as good as multitasking as women my wife is always reminding me of that that women can yeah i cannot <laughs> yeah. write for example if, if i've got the spoken word radio on i cannot listen to the, oh, yeah. the, the words coming into my ear and compose and think at the same time and my least favorite along those lines i go to fix say a customer's computer 
and she's a little old lady, 70 year old lady. And as I'm trying to do something, do something really complicated in the Windows registry and try and get her computer up and running, she's jabbering on it to me about um, you know, <laughs> the baby and she's really enjoying the social aspect of my visit to fix her computer. But I, mean, I cannot do this and listen to you at the same time. I'm just not right. wired that way. That's general yeah. to men. I'm the same, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of funny. And uh, yeah, <laughs> my, my wife will tell you that she's great at that kind of thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm okay with splitting these things off. Well, you know, why can't you? It's like, well, I don't, maybe I'm just, you know. That's why I you decided to marry you. You chaps able to listen to a podcast and read an article at the same time? I can't do no. that, no. I can't do it either, no. 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 When I, I think I, people I are doing it. Well, uh, I, I think they're they're looking like they're doing it, but how much are they really understanding, retaining, and really engaging? I, yeah, I true. <laughs> yeah. So when I write, I generally have um, instrumental music on. I don't even have songs with words, so that I, I literally the only words in my brain are the ones I'm thinking of and putting mm. down on the page. I, I can't have someone jabbering and singing in my in my ear. No, I, I, I was going to ask, as far as your music, I know you have instrumentals, and in, I'm assuming classical music, but. Uh, do you, do you listen to other kinds of like, I, for instance, I'm kind of a big fan of um, kind of like rock groups, like uh, something like Polyphia, stuff like that, that play kind of like just, I, I think Tim, he's incredible. I've never seen a guitarist be able to play and do some of the chords that he can do. So is it just um, any instrumental music, like just classical or other kinds of music like taste? Um, are you pretty eclectic musically as far as what you're interested in? I, I'm interested uh, personally in all all forms of music, every genre, every artist, every era, including classical. But my for writing, I generally go, generally go with um, electronica, so Tangerine Dream, Klaus Schultz, um, Tim Blake, and early Pink Floyd. Things which just you have drones and you have rhythms and sequences, but they and things to keep your your brain going and your your motivation up, but nothing that will distract from what I'm trying to create. Uh, right. And then, then if I'm out walking, for instance, walking with a dog, then of course you put on the rock music and you want the vocals and you want the lyrics and you want the emotion. But yeah, when I'm writing, it, it's 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 Tangerine Dream is my go-to, and luckily they've got um, about 500 albums to choose from. So wow, it's going to take a while for you to get through all that stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I guess you have your your probably go-to favorites. I'm assuming that you like to to enjoy. Yeah. So yeah. I guess my question is foldables. Like I know you've been a big huge fan of the duo. I love them. I mean, now we've got the Pixel Fold, and yet, Mike, we all that we, we have all of us have our own duos. It's great, yeah, Joe. Yeah. And Joe, Yay, but if, if you notice that I'm the only one who is rocking his Extreme Skins. Yeah, funny to get one. Yeah, right. Uh, I have to because actually, I, I cracked the back, um, and I'd even notice it until <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, well, who cares? Just throw a skin on it, and that's what you can do. ExtremeSkins.co.uk. Check them out. It's a sponsor of the show. I know, uh, Steve. I know you've seen you've uh, purchased some of them. How do you, I, I, how do you, I like, I like their quality. I think they're really responsive. They're pretty good. And if you misapply it, they'll kind of give you a little bit of the business. I kind of like that. It's a lot of fun. They're, they're yeah, really yeah. I had a, an extreme skin, of course, on my duo two before I sold that. Uh, maybe in hindsight, I shouldn't have sold that because I'm now kind of missing it. But uh, the, yeah, the original duo has, has some advantages over the, the duo two. Yeah. Not least the fact that it's lighter and thinner. So I'm kind of living with this at the moment and wondering whether I should rebuy Zero Two. I've, I've had skins on various other phones, though, including the Sony's and various Samsung's. But the, the Duo is the one that's most obviously crying out for it to skins because you can apply them to front and back right. and get the grip and protection. And the device itself is protecting its own screen. I, you know, the screens are inside, um, unlike mm -hmm. the current foldables where you've got screens inside and out and they're all rather fragile. Yeah. And I guess, how do you, so, I mean, I, how do you feel about duo three? Cause I, my, my speculation is I, I think Microsoft, I would think they would like to do it, but I, I'm kind of, I don't think they're going to do it. 
I, I just think that I think that project's gonna go. I think it's gonna get canceled. I, I just got a bad feeling about it. Yeah, I think they pulled so many people off the duo teams. They, they, they've still people working on duos on updates, and that's good that the duo we've right. just been showing on camera and the duo two are still getting monthly updates. And still, I think the duo two will get some feature updates. It's not totally dead, but in terms of designing a new phone, the, 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 the dual Gorilla Glass foldable 360 degree hinge, I think that's gone. I think Microsoft have got a terrible history of sticking with an idea. They, they try right. things and then they pull the plug and they don't market the duo two over here. Um, and the duo before it, they were not marketed at all. There was, you, you, you wouldn't see an advert anywhere. There was zero marketing dollars put behind it. And if people don't know such a great product exists, they can't possibly buy it. And then Microsoft turned around and say, well, it didn't sell very well. And of course it didn't sell. It. No one knew it existed. <laughs> Right. You gotta you gotta tell people they're here. You can't just use word of mouth. Now you can with the iPhone or whatever. And I even make the argument with, with Apple, they could just get rid of their entire marketing division altogether because it's it's so steamroll now that you know when the iPhone's coming out, everybody's gonna get one, people are gonna talk about it, and you can even let the tech media do it. If I were Apple, I would just say, Hey folks, you know what? It's Apple time, it's iPhone time, just go get them, you'll know where to go. Right, and just rinse and repeat. I don't even think they have to ever put an advert ever again for an iPhone. I think it's it's kind of self sustaining, which is pretty remarkable what Apple has been able to do. As, as this was Google's issue, issue, wasn't it? And, um, yeah. I, I do like the fact that you. Well, then finally they decided, hey, maybe we should tell people about these pixels, right? They had the Pixel Three and the Three A and the Four and the XL, right? And they're just like, hey, maybe we should maybe have an advert, maybe a print ad, maybe something on a commercial, maybe put it through a sport event like the Super Bowl and stuff, and let people know that True Tone and you know, magic eraser and we have pixels. I mean, finally, and their, their sales are increasing. How would you know it, Steve? Because people know they exist and there's another an, another phone. I, I guarantee there are people that didn't know that Google made a phone. I guarantee you people didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And the Duo 3, and I, I think anybody who's got any sense at Microsoft, given that the Duo sadly being canceled, the, the proper Duo concept, I think they're going to say, well, do we go ahead with Duo 3? Or, and then someone will brandish their Pixel Fold and say, look, I've loaded up our Microsoft Office and Microsoft apps on this Pixel Fold. This is exactly what we want to produce. And they say, well, why don't we just preload our Microsoft stuff and call it a Duo 3? And that's exactly the, what we've been hearing rumored, that it'll be same form factor as the Pixel Fold, but with the Microsoft apps. Whether they actually launch it as a product as such, or whether they just say, look, buy the Fold, here are the apps. This is the way to tie it into your Microsoft company and your right. Microsoft services. I think that's what Duo 3 will end up being, even if not actually called the Duo 3. Right. And then, uh, how do you feel? Uh, is, is, uh, and I, I always tell people that I think, um, do you feel foldables? And, it will, and we'll include flippables, right? We'll include the flips and stuff like the Razor <laughs> Plus and the Razor, um, you know, the older Razors. Do you think that they are a niche thing? Do you think that it's, it's, it, do they have a chance of becoming something that people may use as another form factor, you know, that you will see a lot of people engaging with maybe not having their pixel, but maybe having, if they ever have a pixel flip, which I don't know if they will. Do you, do you, how do you see the foldable shake out? If you could be, you know, reach into your crystal ball, you've had a lot of years of prognosticating, I'm sure. What do you think the next three to five years for foldables or flippables looks like uh, at its current pace? I think certainly, well, obviously it's just, Android only. I don't, I'm not sure Apple will ever do a foldable. Um, so let's leave Apple out of it. And of course, iPhone is a huge 30, 40, 50% of the market. But in the Android world, I, I, I think flippables will reach 10 or 20% and foldables perhaps 2 or 3%. They are quite they are quite niche. But the, the right. flip series, the, the from Samsung, and now we've got one from Motorola as well. 
and I think Honor are doing one as well. So there, there are some flips out there which are actually pretty decent, and they do let, especially ladies, without being sexist, but they can slip them into a small purse or handbag because they're mm -hmm. not long monoblocks. Um, so that that, that 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 is a positive thing. So I think there is a market, and they are getting more durable. We've seen the recent Samsungs after four years of trying. They're now you can you know you can not not jump up and down on them, but you don't have to mollycoddle them. You can just use them as a normal phone, unfold and fold them, and use them, and they won't break on you. Whereas uh, I think people are some of the Pixel Fold owners, Generation 1 from Google, they have found there have been some failures, and I'm sure Google will get better at that. So I think the market's very young, and, and there is a market there. It's 10 15% combining flips and folds. But again, only in the Android world. I'm, I'm not sure Apple will ever go down the route of a, an iPhone fold. And, 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 to, and to extension of that, my question is, apparently my parents' phone's, <laughs> my parents phone's ringing. I'm at their house, so I apologize. So, um, but it's like, like do, you, do, you a, do you think of, yeah, they have, and it even talks and it's the old school, like caller ID where it actually <laughs> talks to them. It's actually pretty awesome. Um, anyway, um, where do you think, why Apple wouldn't approach that? Like, what are your thoughts on, they don't need to, it's why bother? Like what, what I know you said that Apple doesn't, and I, I would probably agree, but what do you think the reasoning for the reason why Apple and Cupertino isn't going to get into that space? Is, do you have thoughts um, about that? Well, Apple I mean, people, at the moment, you take a folding phone like the Galaxy Z Fold or Z Fold, as you call it. And the <laughs> yeah, idea exactly. is there's a phone that you can unfold and it become a tablet and you can use it as a mini laptop. And it's all very clever. But if you're someone in the iPhone world, you've already got your iPhone of the size you prefer. You've also got your iPad mini, which is not that much bigger than a right. folder. And you've got the yeah, full size iPads, you've got the iPad Pros, you've got your MacBooks. And goodness, there are so many screens already. The need for a phone which actually becomes an iPad mini when you can actually have an iPad mini and you have so many compromises in having a folding form factor. Yes, it's nice to have the one device in two, but the iPhones, I mean, they're, they're legendarily robust now. And the Pro I've got here, the 14 Pro Max, right. stainless steel chassis and um, it's ceramic shield glass. And it's, it's, it's with a case on as well. And the IP68, 30 meters for 30 minutes or whatever it is, it's ridiculously right. robust to, to sacrifice almost all of that just to have a phone which unfolds to become an iPad mini when you can just buy an iPad mini as well. And everything syncs beautifully and all the services and this, everything is hands off and you can use them in one continuous flow. I don't think that's a compromise that Apple will ever make it's nice geeks geeks love folding phones and i love playing with folding phones i just wouldn't necessarily want to pay two thousand pounds to two thousand yeah, yeah. Because, because of the worries so yeah. i see value in having two separate screens i actually oh, yeah. prefer this to uh, a foldable myself you mean the duo yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely I, I i really i'm so so cross that microsoft they, they abandoned you know windows phone legendarily you know the that microsoft by nokia and, and the whole platform dissolved and that was a crying shame and then they introduced this and we like, yes go microsoft and they mm -hmm. abandoned it and, and they're for, forever doing that google are also for, forever abandoning things um, yeah very much so, so. It's, not, it's not just microsoft here and it's not just nokia it's just the, the things change in the tech world which is why when i was out for six months sorting out my dad's affairs you, you get even six months out of the business you kind of get quite a long way behind then you're forever playing catch-up but yeah things oh, absolutely. Change in the tech world yeah yeah, and I and I have and I have to agree with that assessment too. And now when you think about it, it's like also remember if if they do have a foldable phone and people don't they're not gonna go around, you know, they're not gonna steal, you're not gonna cannibalize anybody else's sales, you're gonna basically stop them from buying an iPad. So basically if they if you sell a foldable, you just gave yourself instead of buying two devices, now you basically cannibalize your own chance of selling yeah. an iPad to that new customer and yeah. agree that the iPad 
whatever mini would be a better experience than any iPhone folding device would be. Right. So it's, and they're, and again, people on the Apple side, um, they don't seem to be clamoring for it. I don't hear people talking like, and when they, and the funny thing is, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this using your duo in public. Like I will use it. And people just look at me like, what, what is that? Like they think I'm from like 31, 33, right. And say, what, what planet are you from? They're like, I said, Oh, this is, well, then you tell them it's Microsoft. They think it's, you tell them it's an Android device. Like, Oh, that's interesting. Well, is it, a, is it one of those Samsung things, right? They, they say Samsung thing. I go, no, it's actually made by Microsoft. They're just like, what? Microsoft makes phones. I went, and it's funny. It's to the point of my wife hates when I have the duo in public. She can't stand it because she goes everywhere we go. We were talking about getting an RV or as they call them in the, in the UK, a caravan. Right? I was going to get a yeah. caravan. <laughs> so, yeah, a motorhome, right? So, yeah. Uh, and uh, I've seen her using my, because, and the funny thing is, I was actually researching on two screens. I had a website pulled up and I was talking to the gentleman. I was looking at something else. I actually was checking a baseball score and I was looking at other. Um, other another competitors see the price right and he's just i've noticed he's not even listening to me he's just looking at my my duo he's just staring at that i go can i what's wrong he's like I, i'm just watching you use this whatever the hell you're using what is that and i showed him what i was doing he's like that is just amazing like i have an iphone i've never seen anything even like that so it's funny how it's it just using it and then when you show people hey it's two different screens and you can do this and at the same time, then you could fold. Then you, then you do this kind of thing, and you go like this. Watch this, and they're like, "Wow!" And you could tent it up and watch a video. Like you don't have to hold it. Like I'll sit at the car, wait for my car service, and I'll just plop it up on a table with a pair of headphones, and I'll just watch a video. I'll watch a, a video podcast, and it's fantastic. It's its own stand. It's great. I mean, it has so many uses. It's just a shame. Microsoft again, like you said, Steve. It's just kind of infuriating. And, and I will tell you that I, I may not get into anything else Microsoft does in the future of a mobile space. I think this is. This after the Windows Phone issue and then this Duo thing, I kind of like three three times is kind of a little bit too much for me. I think I've been burnt. Entertain anything they do in the future. Yeah, I think so, and I hate to say that because I'm really a fan of Microsoft, as people know. And I just I'm, I'm to the point where I I don't have any confidence in their ability to stick to it anymore. There's going back to your question again about why Apple wouldn't do a folding device, and I mentioned multiple screens, but that's an important point because if you go back five, six, seven years, that the, the idea of having a device which could transform and do multiple functions, because the connectivity wasn't quite as good, say ten, say ten years ago, you know, you, you would have right. to manually set up synchronizations to get things working together and uploads and downloads. These days, you, it's quite practical to have a phone and a tablet, and a laptop, and a desktop somewhere. And and you don't even have to manually sync anything. You can literally mm -hmm. start a tweet or, or, or an email on one device, pick up the next. It's there in draft form. You, you know, I'll carry on later. And you, you finish it off on the laptop or something. And so because everything is right. so continuous and, and synchronized and, and manually carried over automatically through the wonders of the internet, um, you don't have to have one device that you think, OK, this has to do everything because it's a real pain to get my information somewhere else. Now you can use all of these devices and screens in, in perfect sync naturally and uh, intuitively. And that's, okay. I think, again, why I think we don't need a do-it-all unfolding, transforming, compromised device, certainly from, from things like AirDrop and Nearby Share as well added yeah, to the yeah, mix, yeah. Dex as well. Yeah. Just put your small screen onto a bigger screen. It was ridiculous back in the day when the Cyan Palm Tops, I mean, this is going back, I know, 28 years or so, but to, to send an email, I'd have to take my Cyan Palm Top to the local photocopier shop, 
uh, and and find they had a, a phone socket, a, a deck socket you could mm -hmm. plug your little phone jack into. The phone jack went to a little uh, 1200 or 2400 board bits per second modem. The modem went into an RS232 connector, which went to a, an adapter or a dongle, which mm -hmm. went to the, the, to the Scion 3 link, which was their serial adapter interface for the palm top. So you had a string of three or four sections of wire and adapters, then went into your palm top, and then you could send an email and receive an emails in what's called a blink, a short connection. You send, upload stuff, download stuff, and then you quickly disconnect before it costs you a fortune on the phone. Right. Somebody else has borrowed, borrowed phone socket. And then you walk away back to your hotel on holiday, and then you can read what people have sent to you, compose some replies, and then you trot off back to the, the photocopy <laughs> shop or wherever you have access to a phone socket. You plug in with your massive wires, you do it all over again. And these days, you, you don't think about it. Every screen you pick up, every screen has access to all of your stuff and all of your contacts and all of your emails and all of your socials and the entire entirety of the internet of information. It's just there on every screen. And it's a very, very different world. Uh, yeah, and it is definitely, uh, uh, I can tell you right now, it's a, it's a fun world on top of it, you know, and, and as we were, um, and I, you know, tell people when you talk to younger people about, you know, when you had your first phone, you had nights and weekends, right? You had to make calls after seven, and, you know, those kind of things, you had to pay for text messages, and you had a pager, and, you know, you actually went to a, a pay phone, and you walked into a booth, and you made your call, and it took change, I actually had to put coins in the machine and you know they're just like and tv shows went off the air at night they weren't on you know they went at midnight in the united states they just went off it's like hey we're signing off they played the national anthem and they didn't come on till six o'clock the next morning they were just off and you tell younger uh, the younger generation they're just like how did you guys even survive it's like yeah it's davy crockett we had fur hats and muskets it was great back then you know back in the mid 80s you know when when uh things with the world changing this way um criminals have changed as well so like yeah. cyber crime and hackers and stuff like that that's very prominent there was yeah, great news when in the early days of um wi-fi um before before i had broadband like i guess about in the year 2000 um some people in our neighborhood had at the very first broadband it was probably a uh, hundredth the speed of today, but it was better than dial-up, which is all the dee -dee -dee <laughs> yeah. modems. But then we had broadband, and they had, then they had Wi-Fi. But this is cybercrime didn't exist then. People right. people didn't hack into your system, so you could literally drive up and down the road. It's called war driving at the time, and you could find people who had had Wi-Fi, and you just literally connect your device to theirs, and you you could use their internet. And that was how a lot of us existed for several years. And then somewhere, <laughs> suddenly, someone I must have done something naughty and all of a sudden the people started actually putting shock horror passwords on their wi-fi and that was a real um roadblock but then of course i got broadband about 2002 or so 2003 and then of course the world changed i still remember scion with their palm tops their windows software client um to download it, it was just 23 megabytes i think it was and it took me on my dial-up it would have taken me four hours wow 23 megabytes megabytes um, but on my neighbor's broadband, it only took an hour and a half. So I, <laughs> this right. is, these days you could download 2.3 gigabytes in a matter of seconds. And I, it's the, the increase uh, in, in speeds is unreal. And for you and I, Sam, I don't know how old you are, Joe, but for you and I, Sam, to, to, to re remember those days when the things came down the screen, characters, not graphics, characters would flow down the screen as the modem received them and mm -hmm. logging into bulletin boards. Um, so you right. literally see the, the, the graphics we made up of character blocks to, to simulate um, simulate graphics, and you would watch the page loading in front of your eyes. And yeah, you had to render as the data came in. It was just kind of like 
Yeah. And you go get a sandwich, <laughs> use the restroom, come back, and it would be halfway down, and yeah. then it would disconnect. Or somebody at my house, it was tied into our regular phone line. So if somebody called our phone, it yeah. would disconnect your data. So my mom would get a phone call from a friend of hers and be like, mom, she's like, ah. I was like, you're, I was trying to download this page and it stopped. And yeah. she's like, well, and you had to wait till she hung up the call and then the line would re-engage. And then if you were lucky, you could pick it up where I left off. But a lot of times if you'd refresh, it would start the transmission and it'd start all over to render. Fresh, like, yeah. It would take, I'm some, I mean, some of these pages took literally five minutes to render just yeah. the UI. And then you could click on your thing and then it was that call would go to the server and have to wait another couple of minutes for that page to load it was pretty wild it was uh, the, modern, the modern generation they probably guessed that say the internet was i'd say you know the internet was slower in my day dear and they'd say to my daughter or whoever and they'd say well 10 times slower you know 20 times no <laughs> one hundred thousand times slower that's how slow it's right. so slow that it was a completely different form it's a completely different system a completely different way of interacting with the world at one hundred thousand times sl slower than the current Speed but speed. it was still satisfying right well it well. was amazing the fact that you could well even just like in the video game market you know when you had i got my first nintendo i was in 1985 and the fact that super mario brothers on my tv at home looked just like the super mario brothers at the arcade where my mom had a we used to go to a laundromat because i didn't have a game well i had an atari but i mean it was clearly obvious that they didn't have you go to an arcade right it didn't look like that but the, for the first time at home I was 10 years old and I had an exact copy of Super Mario and I could play it as much as I wanted. Didn't cost any quarters or nothing. And it looked exactly the same. If I went to a, the laundromat and put my 25 cents in, it would look exactly the same. Had the controller, you know, and everything. And it was like, when you're a kid, that's amazing. Like I, we thought it was the coolest. Like when I was a kid, I mean, you were the hot, hot guy on the block. If you had the Nintendo, the kids would come to your house and, like just want to play it because they didn't have to go sit at the arcade and you know put quarters across the cabinet right and wait their turn at their coffee shop or ice cream shop or the laundromat and you know and play games so that's kind of how i recognize it it's it was incredible like to have a computer in your house when i was a kid it was like color tv i mean a lot of people had black and white and then you had the one guy in your neighborhood who got a color tv is like holy cow a color television right and you're like yeah so um interesting but and I, I would argue that it's it's exponential. Growth is never linear, right? Especially in the tech space, it's exponential. Now, wait, what are we going to see? You know, we're already at what cat six, you know, for speeds, right? We're we're getting to gigabit, you know, two and three and four gigabit a second speeds. It's it's pretty incredible what some of these places it's are doing now. I'm not sure we're exponential anymore on many of those areas because we you, we are, at some point you do start to hit the laws of physics. I mean, back in the sort of nineties to the noughties, everything was, I agree everything was growing and growing and faster and faster and better and cleverer but at some point you start to hit atoms you start to hit the wavelengths of light you start to hit mm -hmm. literally the speed of light at some point you do hit the laws of physics as, as you would say in star trek and at that point things don't become exponent not exponential they are mm -hmm. linear you're just making gradual improvements and things become parallel rather than serial and you can do multiple things at once and they make things faster in that way you right. can charge batteries faster by having two battery circuits and two batteries that are joined all of that stuff but that those are kind of workarounds to the laws of physics i think mm -hmm. so, i think phone cameras uh highlight that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> what are you saying yeah i mean just what you can achieve on that like i said you what you i mean now that you have those the experience that i mean the capability of that device 
I mean, can you imagine having that back when we when we had and the 1020 back in the day was amazing, right? You had 43 megapixels that had you could feel that it was had a xenon. Fly. It was great. I, I that was my first Windows phone, and that was what made me fall in love with it. On top of the UI and, and just everything else, but uh, it still holds up. And I and I did want to appreciate that even you kept going like, hey, here's the phone. Here's an S20. Uh, uh, here's a Lumia 950. Let's put them side by side. Yeah, and it's fantastic. And I'm you're one of the only people that I've ever ever seen that continued to say no. I I want to show you. And my question is, what was that? Is that something just different, or was like you were the only person doing comparisons to like the 1020? Was like an homage to the 1020, or is it just because it's like nobody else is doing it? And I I think it, it's good to see that the differences and what's similar, and what's different. Yeah, I think Nokia's imaging engineers did it right. They they right. did the oversampling properly a proper rgb oversampling to produce i know it's a, a, a buzzword they call it pure view and the idea was that the pixels that resulted the 43 down to 5 megapixels in the 1020s case or down to 8 in the lumia 950s case those resulting pixels would be purer because all the noise had been averaged out across across the oversampling the modern era tends to not only do quad, quad Quad Bayer, which is taking four to one and doing it very dumbly, very unintelligently. There's also a preference, I think, for, for everything being sharp and saturated and and over-processed and edge-enhanced. And I can't stand that. And I what I wanted to show to people for years on All About Windows Phone and All About Mobile was that these old Nokia's 1020, 950, if they that the shots they take, if you actually look closely at one-to-one, -one, if you crop into them, for example, you can oh. see that the, the, the pixels are beautifully pure and there are no jaggies, there are no edges which don't exist in real life. If you go into a, a typical Samsung um, photo of S20 era and you, you crop into it, every line is, is jaggy and blocky and ugly. And it's only looking at the photo on the phone screen that looks okay. The moment you blow mm -hmm. it up, a big monitor you see this is ghastly this, this is nowhere near dslr quality or something of that in from the pure view range from nokia at the time you could literally you could blow it up to poster side and it would look natural and it would there would be nothing ugly and nothing artificial about it and i wanted to highlight that when all about windows phone and kind of died a death and that all wound down i i didn't need to keep referring back to these old lumias but i'm still bringing them out and i still keep them charged and working because i still use them as my reference really the iphones with its um, pro raw system where they do all of the clever iphone multi-frame processing like google does but in the pro raw thing they don't they miss out that the last edge enhancement and sharpening step so the iphone's pro raw wave wave my iphone around again the pro <laughs> laptops, they're very similar and have the same sort of ethos to those pure view images from the Nokias. And it's no coincidence that Ari Partinen, one of the pure view architects on Nokia, went to work for iPhone, he, for Apple. He was their, their imaging architect for years while all of this was being developed. So I consider the, and in terms of imaging, I consider the iPhone Pro series as being the natural um, follow on or descendants from the Nokia pure views. In terms of um, the successor to the Symbian N, Nokia N series, I think the, the, the Sony, I think Joe would agree there, it's got all the bells and whistles, including the headphone jack, etc. It's got everything yeah. one might need. And this is a modern modern Nokia N series, I think, would be envisaged something like the Sony. Yeah, and I'm glad you I was gonna I'm glad you mentioned that as far as the spirit because I was gonna ask you what you felt was the spiritual or kind of yeah. like the successor to the pure view cameras and and I'm and I and I and I do like iPhone. I and everybody just because we don't talk about it, I mean I don't own one and I honestly you know I, I thought about it, you know, maybe I need to try to, you know, have one and try it because um make make my wife happy. She's all about iPhone and so <laughs> is the entire family. I'm kind of the lone holdout. Although my daughter um 
Kale and she went and she has my old Pixel. So she's kind of went to the uh, to the Android space and that to much to the dismay of my wife, actually. She was very upset about it. I mean, legitimately upset that uh, Kale and I are now using an Android device. But um, so I, I, I guess the only thing else I could say is what what's the future? I know you're into other shows, other podcasts I know. And so what what's the future for you? I know you're kind of like, you know, in the semi-retired state. Is there a full retirement state or do you kind of like kind of like where you are right now? You're just going to let it ride and kind of see where it goes. What, what's the plans for for your your growth and your channel, and your de- you know, professional well, development going forward in the next couple of years? I don't think geeks and tech nerds ever retire, really, because we we, right. we want we want to stay abreast of what's happening, as as you know. And we, we want, even though new phones come out every day, new technologies, new standards, we 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 try and stay abreast of it. We try and understand it the best we can. Um, so I, I'm never going to fully retire. I'll always be fiddling with technology here. I'll always be helping family, helping friends, helping customers. I'm probably producing videos, and and I've got my writing now. Now I'm not being paid to write for the All About sites. Right. I just write on a, a blogger blog which is a link from steve litchfield.com and and the advantage of not being paid by anyone is i can write on whatever the heck i want so you get <laughs> one, one week you get a, a phone imaging comparison article the next week you get the top 50 hawkwind tracks or whatever and, it, and everything in between and I, right. I enjoy writing about anything i want to write about that's fantastic yeah that's kind of what we do on our show like i said we just kind of let it go and talk about <laughs> we whatever, whatever hell talk, we want <laughs> yeah whatever and it's all good and uh like i said and um you know i, I again I, I can't i can't thank you enough for coming on and like i said I, i've been a fan of your content for years and i do like the shorts i think that really you have uh something good going there so my feedback was you please, please keep it up because i i kind of look forward to them um because it gives me just a kind of real you know like it's really nice it's like 58 seconds i get to see your content you get to talk about the devices whatever you're talking about or if it's just a thought about foldables or the duo or you know just anything you want to talk about i, I i'm a fan of that content and i, I think i'd also like to mention the mewi as well um the community oh, yeah, yeah. you've built with ted there is fantastic like um anyone who checks out the podcast also check out the mewi um join the chat there it's brilliant yeah mewi's a social networker is it uk based I, I honestly don't know it might be european i don't know I need but, Ted for that. <laughs> given the, 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 the mess Twitter's become and the, the steaming pile of whatever that Facebook has been since the beginning. <laughs> and every, <laughs> right. every social network seems to have its major problems. Me, we kind of came out of nowhere with, our, with the posts aren't um, public. You, you can't link to an MeWe post. You have to be part of a community. Back in the day in the right. UK, whether you remember, Joe, before when we had um, CompuServe forums and CIX, CompuLink Information Exchange, they, they, they were kind of bulletin boards on steroids, you'd log in and you join communities of people, and there'll be community right. for every subject. A bit like Reddit is today, I guess. Uh, although Reddit's got mm-hmm. its own problems, I believe, uh, in 2023. So Miwi's kind of come as a social network that's very private, very community-based, and you've got you can keep control of who comes in and who comes out. People have to apply to to belong to a community. So uh, you right. wouldn't believe how many spammers and and um, <laughs> you know try to join our PSC forums. I can imagine, yeah. Just give them some basic questions, you know. What does PSC stand for? And they put don't know. And you think, okay, well you're out. Right. I so, you right. <laughs> people who join there and be a part of that community. When people we know listen to the show, therefore we know that they they're in the, the right sort of ballpark. And the community we have, as you know, the, the discussions and the, even a classifieds area where we can um, share phones around, buy, beg. Um, sell and so forth. It's just it's a wonderful place to be. I mean, I, I still didn't spend half an hour a day on it because uh, it, I've got so many other things going on in my life. But it's it's so much more productive and, and more enjoyable than you know hanging around trying to make sense of something on Facebook or Reddit or even Twitter. I think so. Yeah, me we big shout out and do link to it. 
if you can. Definitely. So, absolutely. We will, we, will. we will do that as well. We'll make sure we also have not only the phone show chat for those, but also the Steve Litchfield, your website as well, to try to drive some traffic to you. Now, unfortunately, I, I know it's going to come to as a major surprise to you, but we're not, we don't have as much reach as Joe Rogan. So unfortunately, we're probably not going to drive a ton of traffic to you. But, you know, uh, again, it's, uh, we have a different, you know, a different approach to it. And like I said, I, I just want to thank you for taking time because I know that this is something that we, we enjoy doing um, and having on. And I've been really looking forward to actually speaking with you in, in person. I know you've had a lot of guests on that, you know, like you have had, uh, um, I know you had me, I, I, I'm a actually a fan of Miriam Jawar. I think she's one of my, the most yeah. fascinating people uh, in the tech space. And, um, but having your people on and then actually having you on our show um, and you agreeing to come on, it's just been, it's been a treat. And I really, really want to send my, my thanks. And, um, we banned the word legend out too much, but Steve, you really are a legend. Uh, and it's, it's, it's an honor having you on here. Especially because of, it's just your, your, your experience <laughs> and longevity and how you've been able yeah. to, I mean, it's, you don't, you know, it's different when you talk to somebody who's in their mid twenties. I mean, they just don't have, you know, they can't really understand where we came from, right? They live in the space of now. And yeah. I, like I said, we grew up in the where the Cold War was a thing, right? <laughs> that was a thing, <laughs> right? And so and there was there were two parts of East, there was an East and West Germany, right? It was just crazy, right? And how yeah. how your experience over all these years and your background and your programming stuff, how how you can leverage that into today yeah. and, and still be yeah. relevant and and do it. And we just think it's fantastic. And we're, we're really a fan of your show. Well thank you. Miriam and I have certainly a similar generation and uh, mm -hmm. we, we both re refer to each other as OG or she uses OG original right. <laughs> because we were there at the start of technology as, as indeed uh, you you possibly were um it's, it's quite sobering to, from mkbhd i love Mar marcus brownlee's videos but when he started was it 2011 and as a, a like 12 year old or 13 year old you right in his in his room just kind of like talking to his like you know it might, he might have been like eighth or ninth grade at the time when he first yeah, started yeah. so when he was doing that i'd already been reviewing phones on youtube for seven years six six seven years and i've been reviewing tech for 25 years so it's right it's, yeah I, i'm i will i'll take the legend tag if only because of my longevity and the fact that i started so early yeah yeah absolutely. that's what the l means steve, steve l that's what yeah. the l means legend steve legend absolutely <laughs> and so again I, we appreciate it and like i said any other time in the future please you always have an open invitation to swing on by and uh, again maybe we can talk whatever tech is of the day but again we really appreciate you taking your time i know that you're quite busy with your your endeavors and, and it's been it's been a privilege and an honor sir my pleasure my pleasure thank you all right joe any final thoughts or last words before we we end for the day well steve would you come on again sometime <laughs> next year yeah, next year fantastic. yeah let's do it <laughs> well we'll have a new season right we, we kind of do seasons yeah. like diablo we just kind of decide just to drop a season <laughs> kind of in the middle of nowhere right so I'll come on next summer yeah absolutely fantastic Sounds great. Well, steve great. that again we appreciate your time and thanks for coming in and for everybody who taught uh stopped by in the chat please make sure you download Take a listen. Tell your friends about it. It's a pretty cool show. Get pretty pretty nice people on and saying again, uh, present company obviously included in that. And so we'll be back next Sunday. We don't have a guest lined up, but hey, you know what? We'll just still show up anyway. And, and Joe can talk <laughs> about his new stuff. He's got some some new tech we want to talk. Yes, about. I've got a lot of new stuff. Yeah, and we'll bring that up then. So so for myself, for Joe, for Steve Litchfield, thanks for joining us today. Again, take uh, take care of yourselves. Enjoy your tech. Be good and be excellent to each other. We'll see you next Sunday on the Mad Tech Project with Sam and Joe. Take care, everyone. See you bye soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.